Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. And uh, we're receiving communion today, which are elements of the covenant. Amen. Amen. His blood and his body. And we want to talk about that today. So go over here and look in um, Romans chapter 1. And um, no, Romans chapter 8. And then we'll start at verse 31. And um, one of the things that a person has to understand that's a New Testament believer is that Christianity, we can call it, it a religion, but there's a lot of religions on the planet. What religion means is what you do repeatedly in your worship who you believe is God. Mm-hmm. That's what religion is. That's why it's a lot of religions. And, <clears throat> but of, of all of them, Christianity is the only one that offers a blood covenant. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen. And a covenant is an unbreakable agreement between God and his covenant partner and partners and your Bible is a copy of it. Your Bible is a copy of it. That document that you have on your phone and that you have uh, on your lap is God's agreement with Jesus Christ. Amen. And the moment you get saved and you get into Christ, it becomes your agreement with God based on Jesus' performance. It becomes your agreement with God. It is how your relationship with him is going to be governed. It is how he's going to um, impart into your life is how you're going to respond to him. It is an agreement that you enter into between you and Jesus Christ and the most high God. I'm going to show you in the Bible today. The covenant is Jesus's. It belongs to him. And the moment you get in Christ, it belongs to you, All right. which means Jesus is your example of how God wants to treat you. That's right. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Jesus is your example yes. of how God wants to empower your life, That's right. how God wants to strengthen you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. We just got through singing that he's going to cause you to stand on mountains. All right. Amen. He's going to live. He can live. The covenant requires him to lift you from the lowest place you could possibly be. Amen. If you're that low, praise God. And if you've been there, don't worry about it. As long as you know Jesus, you're coming up. So when we witness to somebody, we're not trying to necessarily get them saved. Saved is a benefit of the covenant. Amen. We're not trying to get you saved, really. Really, what we're trying to do is to get you in covenant with God. Right. That's right. That's good. That's good. Amen. Amen. The covenant requires God to come to your aid anytime you're in need. There's no such thing as he's not coming. And the way people treat him like that, even though they're his children and they wonder where he is, is because they don't understand the contents of the covenant. The reason you come to church is to learn how to relate to him in context to the covenant. And a lot of times the reason why people don't have 
um, a good relationship with the Heavenly Father is because they don't know how to relate to him. Amen. You know why we praise and we sing praise songs in the morning? You know why we do that? Because the covenant requires us to do that. Amen. You know why we're here? Because the covenant requires us to be here. When you read the covenant, it's two reasons why you read it. You read your responsibility in it, and then you will read God's responsibility to you. That's the reason why you read it. And then when life requires you to draw on it, you don't have no problem drawing on it. Because you realize when you understand it, he gets up, he, he never sleeps nor slumber. He can't wait till you get up and say, how can I bless you today? Amen. That, that's the way he's thinking. Because when you go in covenant with a person, you get it not because of what they can give to you. You get it because of what you can give to them. Amen. When we, when we experience, one of the places we experience covenant in our earthly relationships is in marriage. You never get into marriage because of what you can give for somebody else. Amen. Amen. You get in a marriage because you want to be a blessing to somebody. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. Amen. Mm -hmm. You get in a marriage because God is on the inside of you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And he is a blessing. Mm -hmm. And that nature that's in you that's from him is desiring to bless the person you're in union with. Mm -hmm. To use your attributes, use your strength, to use your resources and abilities to cause that person to be more than they could be. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, we just got through singing, amen. Yeah, and guess what? The other person is thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Amen. They've been developing themselves to be a blessing. Uh -huh. yes. that's exactly right. amen. amen. Praise God. And that's why sometimes I may not be ready for marriage right now. Because uh -huh. I haven't developed myself to be a blessing. I thought it's what I was going to get from the other person. Right then selfishness is going to get involved and you're going to have problems. That's yeah. good. That's good. Yeah. And you're going to have problems. You're going to be, he's going to be, <laughs> what about me? <laughs> Amen. Praise yeah. God. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. And so the mindset should be in a marriage covenant, I get in this to be a blessing. Yes. I don't get in this to get from, get from another person. I don't get in it because I want that other person to change. Mm -hmm. No, that's good. Come on. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, I can require what you told me at the altar unless you was lying. Amen. Praise God. You know what said that? Yeah. that it was unprovoked. You open your mouth. I'm going to do all of this for you. This is how I'm going to be for you in front of all those witnesses. You said that. Amen. So it shouldn't be a problem with somebody reminding you of what you said. Don't you know there's a place in the Bible God said, put me in remembrance of my word. Not that he forgot, but put me in the remembrance of my word as a covenant partner. You have a right to come to me. And I'm not offended that you came to me and held the covenant up before me and said healing belongs to me. Amen. You are my healer. Praise God. That's who you said you'll be. I'm not, he's not offended that you would come to him and require healing of him because he said that's who he is in this relationship. And the more skillful you are in your covenant vows, the greater the relationship. That's why Jesus stood before the tomb of Lazarus. Father, I know you always hear me. Why? Because the Bible said God delights in the prayers of the righteous. 
Amen. Praise God. He delights in there. He's excited when the righteous pray. That's why Jesus made you righteous. He knows he who knew no sin became sin for us that we may be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Second Corinthians 5 17. So that when you pray, God's delighted to hear from you. He stood before that tomb. Lazarus come forward. He said that God did the miracle through him. He did the miracle through him. We've been recreated in the image and likeness of God, just like Jesus, so that God could do miracles through us. So this world would know that he loves them. And he's using his church to reach out to touch this world. Amen. Amen. For abundant life. Amen. Praise God. He wants to use you. Amen. Amen. So we have a covenant requirement. What? Go in all the world and preach the gospel. Lay hands on the sick. They will recover. Cast out devils. Amen. And so we have to understand that these instructions or these requirements and these blessings are part of our covenant. And we have a right to live in them every day of our lives. So Jesus said, I come that you might have life and what? Have it what? So the covenant is designed to produce what? Come on now. It's designed to put, produce abundance in your life if I'm living in it. But a lot of times people haven't got life out of their Bible, so they throw it in their trunk. They got dust all over it, back there with the spare tire or whatever. Because they don't really know the document they got. They don't understand what they're dealing with. And you need to understand how powerful it is and how much God is behind it. The moment you see that, you'll never see yourself broke ever again in your life. You're not going to ever see yourself sick again in your life. You're not going to see your marriage falling apart. You're not going to watch your children go to hell. That ain't going to happen. God is the God that saves households. And then when you read the Bible, there's a lot of examples in the Bible. Um, there's a lot of examples in the Bible how God dealt with families and how God dealt with marriages and individuals. And when you read about how he blessed somebody, Amen. That's letting you know he's the and then he gets in in, in, in Hebrews 13. He says, I'm the same yesterday. So if you saw me do it for somebody else. No respect to person. I'll do it for you. Somebody said you can't pick the sex of your children. Oh, really? Really? Who told you that? Where's that in your covenant? Where is it that he says you can't? So you always got to ask people questions when they start talking about God and you don't know where it is in the Bible, but they talking and you can assume that they know what they talking about. Therefore, you take that and apply it to your daily living what they said. And it's not even your covenant. You never let people talk to you without chapter and verse. That's good. Because my whole life is based on what's in here. Amen. Well, Hannah asked for a son in 1 Samuel. She asked for the sex of a child. She specifically asked God for a boy. Now, you're going to do something with that. I did. You do something with that. Yeah. You do something with that. And I said, oh, wait a minute, hold up here. Right. This is what you said. Mm-hmm. 
Amen. Amen. This is what you did for this person. Now, when it comes to callings, that's different. Let me help you. Let me give you the exception. When it comes to callings, I didn't ask to be a pastor. God told me you're going to be a pastor. I went to school to be an engineer. And when I got on my knees at 22 years old and I said, and I didn't even realize what I was doing. I told him I would live for you the rest of my days. See, we were, we were becoming covenant partners then. It's one thing just go to church. It's another thing to consecrate to God. That's two different. You, those, that's two different experiences. When you consecrate to him, he starts talking to you. If you're just going to pop in and pop out and come when you get ready, that means you're not ready to live by the contents of the covenant anyway. So what's the purpose of showing you your real destiny? Because he's the only one that can do it anyway. He's the only one that can show you a real destiny. He can only one, he's the only one that knows the real you. He's your maker. He's your creator. He knows you from the beginning of the end. Like uh, Pastor Petrie said, God's got a book about your life that was written before you ever got here. When you're interested in a book, come talk to me. That's what he said. And when people are not interested, they're writing their own book. How's that working out for you? <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen on the next page because yeah. nothing written. That's right. <laughs> You're going to get surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. Amen. And, and I did. And I didn't like the surprises I was getting. I right. said, this is not good. <laughs> I said, God, here, here it is. I'm, I'm consecrating to you. Yeah. And then from that point on, he starts talking to you. Yeah. A person, they, the children of God, and I can show you in Romans 8 because, well, they have, they, get, they have a promise that God will lead them by his spirit. Mm-hmm. You're done being in the wrong place right. at the wrong time. You're going to be at the right place at the right time for the rest of your life. You're going to meet the people that's going to be a blessing to your life. You're going to meet the people that's going to show you favor. You're going to meet the people that's going to help bring to pass the plans and purposes of God in your life. Because the spirit of God is going to take you there. The moment you consecrate, he starts talking. Thank you, Lord. That's good. Amen. Amen. He says, you're going to be a pastor. Now, <clears throat> I can't make myself, when it comes to, the covenant says, when it comes to assignments in the kingdom of God, then he picks that. God sits in the church, prophets, apostles, evangelists. He does that himself. So I can't go to God and say, I want to be a pastor. He picks that out himself. But when it comes to benefits that people receive, those examples are in the Bible so that you know that God is not a respecter of persons. That's right. And what he did for that one, he will do for you. Amen. And you should use that example when you come to him in prayer. So <clears throat> you never talk to God. Let me help you how to use this document. You never talk to him when it comes to prayer until you know where the promise is. And you have meditated that promise. You have taken time out to meditate the promise where God has done that in terms in the life of someone else. And then in the, in the um, or, or a promise is just written out like concerning healing. Let's just say if somebody wanted their family healed. Well, the first thing I tell you to do is go to Noah. Mm-hmm. Out of all the families in the earth, Noah's the only family that got saved. Everybody else was destroyed. 
God, the Bible said God saved Noah and his household. Amen. Amen. You go to Acts chapter 8, you're going to find out God saved Cornelius. Well, nobody and, saved in that house. And his well, nobody saved. God saved the people that was working there, saved his sons, his daughters, his wife, and the people that was working there. Praise God. You can get your whole company saved. Amen. I'm just telling you, praise God. Then <clears throat> over in... Um, Probably Acts chapter 16 or 17. He saved the Philippian jailer in his whole household. Yeah. So I got three accounts where you came and saved everybody in the whole household. Yes. And then the Bible said, in Psalms 127, said the Lord build the house, they labor in vain. So when I read all that, I said, okay. And then I go get the scripture where God's not a respective person. He's the same yesterday. Now I got enough. I've got enough from the covenant. I've got enough scripture from the covenant to come boldly to the throne of grace. Amen. Now I got, I, I already figured you out. I know, I know how you operate, Jesus. I know what you do in the earth. And see, I get all those verses and say, what if I don't know them? Well, then that's why you have a pastor. That's what you have a pastor for. My job is to feed you with knowledge and understanding so that you'll be fruitful and increase, not just hooping and hollering and shaming. And then you're ignorant as you was when you got leaving, coming, and going. No, my job is to make you skillful in this doctrine. Amen. Praise God. So, hallelujah. So that you begin to experience the benefits of your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Somebody said there's over 7,000 promises in the Bible. Some believers are not living off a of air one of them. That means just one if you don't like it. Amen. He says, he has a promise in there. I'm going to give you a joy that the world can't take. You mean I don't have to be depressed? No. He says, I'm going to give you a joy that people can't take. When they talk about you, they can't take it. Because you're going to realize nothing they're saying is going to come to pass in your life. Amen. Why? You already got what is going to come right. to pass in your life. You got the document. Amen. Right. Amen. Praise God. All those promises in the Bible. The Bible called them. It was over in Peter. I have to find that. He said, exceeding great and precious promises that by these we may become partakers yeah. of the divine nature. Partake. That he wants you to function just like him mm -hmm. in the earth. That is the example. Thank you, Jesus. Romans chapter 8, we can look at that one because we're right there in Romans chapter 8. He said the plan of God is to conform you to the image of his son. That's right. He wants you living like Jesus living. Mm -hmm. Why? Because the covenant is designed to yes. him to treat you just like Jesus. That's right. Amen. Amen. Praise Amen. God. So the days of failing are over with in your life because you're in covenant with God. Yes. Junior is not going to be lost. Yes. Sally is coming into the kingdom. Yes. Amen. Praise God. The whole family is getting saved. Yes, is. Praise God. Look down here. What it says here. We're looking at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And um, let's take a look at this. Um, we may stay in Romans chapter 8. We just jump around in here. It says right here in Romans chapter 8 verse 31. What shall we say then to these things? What things are we talking about? We're talking about those 7,000 promises. 
When the Bible uses the word things, many times it's talking about promises and words. What should we say to these things? Amen. What should we say to this covenant? What should we say about God's commitment to us? What should we say about God in the midst of challenges coming against us? You got to say something. Amen. People say, well, I don't know what we're going to do. Well, that's not something we want to learn. If you're saying that, we want to help you say something else. That's more edifying that's in line with the covenant. What should we say to these things? Let's follow on reading here. If God, amen, be for us, who, and we can say what also, who can be against us? Amen. Notice it's in the question mark. And how I answer that question is based on how I have revelation concerning God's covenant in my life. If I got sick, if sickness is attacking my body and I present that question, sickness doesn't have a chance if I'm practicing my covenant with God. Amen. Healing is already mine. Yeah. Amen. And really, I'm already healed. Yeah. But attack is coming against me to try to take my health from me. Amen. I need to be able to say something about that. Amen. That. that Something is going to come out of my mouth in the midst of a challenge. What I need to be saying is what the covenant said. I need to be saying what God has said he was going to do. Amen. If that situation occurred in my life, that's what I need to be saying. I, I may get a doctor's report and that'll help me understand the miracle that God's getting ready to do. Amen. Pray now I know what you're getting ready to fix, Jesus. It's not that this thing is going to overcome me because if God be for me, come on now, then I have to conclude that he's greater than that thing. Not only is he greater than that thing, he is bound to come to my aid anytime I need him because the Bible says, whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Shall be saved. And saved means healed, prospered, protected, blessed. Amen. Praise God. He's coming. God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. He's coming. Thank you, Lord. A parent is coming. Baby need help. Mama coming. Amen. Here come mama. The baby crying. Here come mama. Amen. Praise God. Daddy'll come too. Amen. He says, you know how to you are not functioning with the same commitment and power I'm function and the love I'm functioning with and you will go to your child's aid. Yes. Don't you ever not see me coming. Don't you ever get in your mind I'm not coming. Right. Now the devil will try to make you think he's not coming. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna have to do your job in Second Corinthians chapter ten verse five. Mm-hmm. Casting down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to say that's a lie, he's yeah. coming. Yeah, that's right. The Bible said before I call. That's what it said. The covenant said, before you call, he already there. Yeah. Yeah. He's already promised, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm with you to the end of the world. Amen. He lives with us and in us. And see, I have to practice through meditation on a daily basis. Say, I, you know, most believers treat their marriage vows, if they're marriage, like they Bible. A lot of them do. They never go back and look at their marriage vows once they're married. They never look, go back and look at what they said they would do and meditate on it and think about how did that look 
functioning through me. Right. See, if people do that, forget about divorce. Right. That don't even come on the table. Amen. That discussion never comes up because every day I'm meditating yeah. on what I said yeah. I would do. God's got a copy of this document that you have. It's in heaven. They have a copy. The Bible said it went into the, Jesus brought it in there. When he got up from the dead, he walked into the holies of holies with a copy of this thing. And said, this has got to be kept. God said, well, come on with it then. Yes. And then when you come into it, he treats you just like Jesus. The covenant required God to raise him from the dead. It's written in there. That it would raise him from the dead. That Jesus would be in hell itself and he would pray. The psalm said he prayed, Father, I know you're not going to leave me like this. There's some states you're supposed to know as a result of this covenant. I can't stay like this. I can't stay like this. I can't stay in this condition. Because I got grounds to come out of it. Jesus told him after three days and three nights, I'm coming out of there, y'all. And the only reason why I'm going there is to pay the price for your sins, to purge you of all darkness, all your sins, to present you faultless, unblameable, righteous in the Father's presence so he can treat you just like me. That's the only reason why I'm going. So in the eyes of God, based on the finished work of Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. and you being in Christ. Mm -hmm. The Bible keeps talking about you in Christ, being in Christ. He said, your life is hid. So when God looks at you, he sees the perfection of Jesus on you. That's what he sees on your life. So that's why the Bible says all the promises of God, Mm -hmm. all 7,000 of them, when you ask a yes, they already got a yes on them. Don't be wondering if God's going to do it. They already got yes on them. My job is just to lay them out, get them out, Mm -hmm. practice covenant. What would it be like if you just laid out all your marriage vows? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Amen. Praise God. Just lay them out there. Praise God. Right before you and say, well, this is what I'm going to be doing today. This is what I'm going to, this is how I'm going to respond to my mate today. Amen. Amen. That's what God consistently does every day 365 days a year 24 7 that's all he does he's got a throne in heaven and all he does is regulate that covenant that's all they do up there and Jesus ever lives to intercede for you to perfect you that's all he does is qualify you for yes That's all he does is just qualify you for yes. Amen. Praise God. We just got to learn how to start living like this every day. That's why every day you should have some word time. I tell people to study to the need that you have. If there's a need in your life, then you need to get those scriptures that cover that area. You know, if you don't know, then that's why you have pastors and when you have, you know, mature believers that can help you if you when you just start now. Yeah. Yeah. Let's look at this again right here. And it says, um, it says, if God be for us, who can be against us? We got to learn to not let people upset us. Yeah. 
on jobs, in business. We got to make sure that people do not frustrate us because we have the victory already. Amen. And, and you're going to have to practice this because I have to practice it even after I know it and preach it. You don't get the word that's preached to you. You get the word you practice. You get the words you practice because if you don't practice it after it's preached, it may be even it may be in the evening. What did the pastor talk about? Well, you should at least know in Romans eight thirty one, if God be for us. But some people won't be able to remember that scripture. That's why you got to write things down because sometimes you don't remember. And see, then when challenge comes, if I don't remember the word, you know how I'm going to react. I'm going to react the way I acted before I got saved. Because my mind is going to start calling on resources for solution. And if I don't get the word in me and and so that it can come up and be my answer in that challenge, then I'm going to revert back to worry, frustration, anger, unbelief. Somebody said fear, anxiety. And then I'm going to start with where is God in all this? Well, you didn't call him. You didn't call him. You didn't act on the word. And it's not his fault. No. Amen. It is God's will to heal everybody all the time. Yeah. I don't care how sick they are. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it is. It is his will to heal them every time. It is God's will that everybody go to heaven. Hell, the Bible said hell was not made for man. You shouldn't see one man in hell. Because it was not made for man. The Bible clearly says hell was made for the devil and his angels. It was not made for one man to show up. That means God's got a plan to save everybody on this planet. That's why he said go into all the world and preach the gospel. Praise God forever. Hallelujah. So, so the first thing, preach the gospel at home. Don't let nobody in the home go. Don't let nobody in your house go. And hold them scriptures up before him. Take them in their presence. Ain't nobody supposed to be lost in this house. You saved everybody else's house. Save mine. Amen. Praise God. That's as simple as that. You know. Praise God. Look at this, what it says right here. He spared not his own son. He allowed Jesus to suffer the judgment, um, the abuse of the judgment, the torture that went along with the judgment. He allowed him to experience all of that. He allowed him to experience the cross, the nailing of his flesh hands, with iron spikes into a wooden cross, he allowed his son to go through the crucifixion and death that belonged to us. Amen. He allowed his son to experience the cross, the grave, and hell itself so that I could be saved and have life and life more abundant. If you, if you ever watch the movie, The Passion, you probably can only watch it once. I couldn't watch it twice. I just, I just, I couldn't go through it twice. And when Mel Gibson depicted the crucifixion in movie, in movie in the theater, using movie motion pictures to depict the, the, uh, the crucifixion and put it in movies so that people could go watch it. He said, if I really showed you what happened, you wouldn't have got through the movie. That's what he said. 
you wouldn't have got through it. He couldn't depict what it was like in the tomb, and he couldn't depict what it was like in hell. Only the Bible can tell you what it was like in hell. To suffer there three days and three nights, and he's taken our place. Amen. He said, that's what I will do for you. And it was, it was such a challenge to go through that crucifixion that Jesus had to pray like he had never prayed before. The angels had to come help him because he said, Father, if it's another way. Oh, boy, I almost took off running here. Praise God. <laughs> you got to get to a place if he did that for me. Getting this out of my body ain't going to be nothing. If he did this for me, getting Junior off crack, getting Sally off cocaine, this ain't nothing for him. It ain't nothing but a small thing. Oh, praise God. If God be for you, oh, you ought to get up and shout hallelujah every morning. That God is on my side. Oh, praise God. The devil start trembling when you say that. God is in my business today. Oh, God is in my family today. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice because God is for me. Nothing can stand against me. I just start acting like that because I'm preaching it. You get up here and preach it, you're going to act like that. I mean, look at me like that. Like what's wrong with him? You get up here and preach it and start hitting you like it's hitting me. You go, you probably run through the door. We be down to I-65 be down to I sixty five running in the rain shouting. God is for me. People wondering what you people on the interstate wondering what you doing out there. So don't be looking at me like I'm wrong with me. Praise God. Jeremiah said it's like fire. Shut up. Praise God forever. No. He had to pray in the garden to go through this. He did such a good job of it. The Bible said for you can say, even though when challenges come to you, you're supposed to say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to say. When the devil start coming like a roaring lion, even though I walk. Why? Because on the other side of that, there's a table prepared for me in the presence of my enemies. He's got to watch me sitting down and the anointing all covering my head and goodness and mercy following me all the days. All he can make is a shadow. God has made a table for you and anointing for you and goodness following you all the days of your life. If God be for you. So you got to answer that question. God is for me. <laughs> the devil say something to you. Say God is for me. You got a bill to pay. God is for me. This covenant requires him to come to your aid. When you need help. He comes your aid when you need help. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Pastor Cynthia makes me come to her aid. <laughs> that light bulb needs change. <laughs> she be calling. <laughs> Praise God. You said it. She said it. You said I do. But change that light bulb. I will. <laughs> Praise God forever. That's the way it is. Hallelujah. Praise God. He's coming. He said he spared not his own soul. Jesus is in that garden. He realized the torment he's got to go through. John the Baptist looked at him and said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Now, why does he have to take it away? Because if he doesn't, you'll have a sin consciousness. You'll see yourself as a bad person. You won't pray. You'll run from the devil. You'll live like a weakling on the planet. So he has to take away your consciousness of evil. That you, you'll, be, you'll be beat yourself. You'll be afraid to pray. You'll be afraid to lay hands on the sick because the devil will remind you how dirty a person you are and how bad you are. The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. And if you let him, he'll make you think you're a bad person and you're not worthy to go to heaven. You're not worthy to have your prayers answered. You're not worthy of the blessing. You're not worthy to be healed because of what you did yesterday. And that's when you pull out the copies of the covenant. Hallelujah. You tell him, I've got a, God said, this is the covenant that I'm going to make with you. This is it. Upon your heart and mind will I inscribe the contents of my covenant on you to give you the ability to recall whatever you need. That's what God's going that when you expose yourself, that he will write it in you. You get enough written in you. <laughs> you get enough of this covenant written in you. See, that's what's wrong with Christians. They ain't got enough written in them. They got the big show written in them. Amen. They got the Titans game written in them. I said, I'm messing with you now. They got stuff written in them that won't help them win and when they're in a fight. It won't help them win. This is what come up. Just ask yourself, what's coming up? What's coming up? Pressure, what's coming up? What's coming up out of you? Yeah. Well, that's what's written in you. But God has a covenant that if you allow me and you just sit before the pages and allow yourself to be pastored and taught, I'm going to write in you. Glory. He wrote in man. When I heard the first time I heard the blood covenant, he wrote in me one. He wrote in me for a solid week. I sat there eight hours a day at Tarrant County Convention Center in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, and at the Believers Convention, and hearing this subject on the blood covenant, he walked. He wrote in me by Thursday. I couldn't even feel my body because yeah. <clears throat> your body ain't nothing but clothing anyway. Yeah. The real you is a spirit. Right. You are a spirit. You have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotion, and you live in a body. Yeah. 
that when it's time for you to live, cancer ain't got to take you out. Yeah. The Bible said, when long life will I satisfy you. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, and, uh, and, and show you my salvation. Amen. Mm -hmm. And it's not a time to die. The Bible said in the new covenant, it's appointed unto men once oh, to die. Yeah. You have an appointment. And guess what? You get yeah. to pick it. Oh, yeah. thank you, Jesus. Amen. I thank you. Amen. That's good. Yeah, you get to, well, long life will I satisfy yes. you, which means you get to stay till you satisfy. Yeah. Yeah. Not to some run you off the planet, wow. some yeah. truck run yeah. over your yeah. car yeah. and all that old kind of stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. The Bible said he has delivered me from destruction. Yeah. Yeah. He sent his word, yeah. his covenant yeah. to heal me and deliver me yeah. from destruction. Yeah. Yeah. I say, truck, stay in your lane, man. What's yeah. wrong with you? That's right. That's right. Exactly right. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. 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 That's right. <laughs> You stay till you're satisfied. Yeah. And he says in Psalms 103, I'll renew your youth. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't go and eat chocolate cake every day. <laughs> Why? Because the Bible said a little honey is good. Yeah. Just a little piece of chocolate cake is all you get. Why? Because your body is the temple of God. You live in there and so does God do too. Amen. And God wants it in shape because yes, the, the more matters you and him can get out of your body, yeah. the more people get yeah, saved and healed. Right, right, right. That's why he wants your body healed and he wants to constantly renew it. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You ain't got to be, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to live and see a lot of people and a lot of people, elderly people, they went to churches. They never got preached this. They went their whole life. Yeah. Yeah. I know because I was in the churches. Yeah. Yeah. I got out of those places. Right. <laughs> you never know what the Lord's going. Yes, you do. This is what he's going to do. But they don't know the contents of it. And they were sitting up and preaching the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. I ain't signing up for no agreement like that. I'm not getting in no relationship with somebody like that. Yeah. Said they was going to do it and take, taking it back. I'm not coming if that's the deal. Well, the Lord has given and the Lord is taken away. He need to take your ignorant ministry away and replace you with somebody that knows the covenant. Just somebody hadn't read. Right. No, it's in Job. He said it in Job. No, God didn't say that. Job said that. And it didn't make sense to God when he said it. He said, he said, he said, that dude just lied on me, didn't he? I ain't never said I give us and take of the way. He was using his experience, what he was going through, to define the covenant. No, it's got to be the word of God, yeah. not what happened to somebody. Right. Yeah. Amen. Amen. What if God wrote everything that happened to you in the Bible? <laughs> Aren't you glad he just used Job? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to write my story. <laughs> Praise God. I'm glad you erased it. But anyway, anyway. If God didn't say it, it's not a part of the covenant. 
that's just an example of what happened to somebody to show you that the devil is a mean person. Yeah. That's all the example for. Job gets to the end of the book, which no preacher ever preaches. God gives him double. For all your trouble. And you got a promise in Psalms, in Isaiah 61. For your shame, I'm going to give you double. For whatever shame the devil took you through, amen, I'm going to double fire you all your trouble. Oh, it's in there, praise God. This thing will make you shout if you get a hold to it. You'd be glad to come to church. You really get a hold of this thing. <laughs> so, Job gets to the end of the book when he really finds out what has happened. He said, I spoke of things that I didn't understand and they were too wonderful for me. And he repented. And then his friends repented. Mm -hmm. And Job prayed for them and God restored his friends. Yes. Yes. And then gave him double yes. for all his trouble. Yeah. They never preached that. That's at a funeral yeah. somewhere. Oh, Lord, give the Lord, take it away. <laughs> no, somebody should have got double up in here. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm doing the best I can. Praise yeah. God. Yeah. So Jesus was in that garden. He said, he spared not his own son, not his, his spare. Who gives their own son up? Right. He said, I was daily your delight. I was always rejoicing before you. Just having a wonderful relationship with a child and rejoicing before you. He said, he, Jesus said, I was daily your delight. I was rejoicing before you. But when you saw the, when Jesus saw this world in trouble, he turned to the father and said, give me a body. Give me a body in perfect blood and let me go down there and redeem yeah. them. Glory. And the Bible said he came through the volumes of the books. Yeah. And he showed up in a manger just like he said he was. Praise God. They already wrote about it. He showed up as a baby in a manger. Praise God. And gifts and frankincense and gold and myrrh. It wasn't three wise men. It was bunches of them. Somebody, somebody get put three of them on there. That's as far as a man could go. Couldn't be no more than three. <laughs> That's making Christmas cards out. Couldn't be no more than three. And the Bible don't say it was three. It was a long train of those. Yeah. That's worth a half a. It was a. It was a long. It was a long train of camels coming. Cause guess what? They're going to go to Egypt on vacation. And he gonna stay for about the easiest baby now. He didn't come back till he was about twelve or thirteen. How would you like a thirteen-year vacation, all paid for in Egypt? Let's make a deal. Praise God! You know, let's make a deal. You don't see the oh, let's make a deal. They don't even give our give our gifts like that. <laughs> Praise God! Years. They down there using that money. Yes, they are. That's his son. Mm -hmm. In that time, God would speak from heaven. This is my beloved son. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. I love him. This is my beloved son. Who I am well pleased. He would talk from heaven. Yeah. Yeah. He 
we stand before the tomb of Lazarus. Daddy, I know you always hear me. Always. Right. Yeah. I know you always hear me. So that the world may know that you are God and I'm Amen. your son. Yes. Y'all roll the stone out the way. <laughs> Y'all roll the stone out the way. He says, I am the resurrection. Yes, Come on now. Yes. You can't nothing die around. Yes. He would stop funerals and raise the dead. <laughs> Open blind eyes. Cause arms to grow out. Cause the cripple yes. to walk. He's the son of the living God. Oh, but he turned around and said, the works I do. You're going to do also. And greater works. Because I'm going to make you just like me. Ah, you can't see yourself like you gonna have to get in the word till you see yourself like this. They don't come to you because I preach to you. You're gonna have to get so fired up on the inside. You gotta say, I don't care if anybody else heard Pastor Rogan this morning. I heard him. God is trying to treat me just like Jesus. I'm gonna get in the closet and get this thing working on the inside of me. The devil gonna be sad I went to church today. Wait till you lay hands on somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and God reached through you. Yeah. Because you have been perfected in Christ. And the power begins to flow through you. And the body changes. See, the problem with the church, they've been in the world so much. Oh, my. We're going to have to preach them over back over into right, the spirit. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Into the real them. Yeah. Yeah. Crystal said, where y'all supposed yeah. to be? Yeah. She up here talking about you. I'm just trying to help you. She up here talking about you. I'm trying, I'm trying to help you. Anyway, he loves him. The Bible said he was manifested to destroy what the devil did to you. He came to reverse the curse so that the blessing would get on you and it won't stop. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He's the only one that can do it. If he fails in his assignment, death continues to reign and the devil's in charge. All those things, he was able to do it. But when he got into that God the Bible said it was going to please the Lord to bruise him for us. Isaiah 53 said he was wounded for our transgressions. Bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by the stripes and lashes that they hit him with, every time that cat iron nine whip hit his back, Healing was taking place. And by his stripes, you are made whole. Ah, you can't ever question your healing because he stood there and kept his mouth shut while he was. The Bible said he would not open his mouth. All he had to holler is, I'm not guilty, but they are. But he opened not his mouth. So that when you stretched out your hand, yeah. 
they shall lay hands on the sick. And it ain't no question if they weren't going to recover or not. Because there ain't no question that he took the lashes. So it ain't no question that they heal. If he took the lashes, then I'm healed. So it ain't no question. I don't care if it's still looking like it's in my body. It's got to leave. And it's okay if it ain't happened today. But I know it's coming, bless God. Because I know the stripes are on his back. Refuse to back out. He sat there and took it. He knew he was going to go through that. Sometimes it looks like you got to go do stuff and it just seems like you just don't want to do it. Because of the pressure, you feel like it's the, the, the weight of the pressure gets on you. Because when you got to go do something that you don't want to do or face some kind of challenge you don't want to face, it seems like it's a weight on you that I don't want to deal with today because I know what I got to do today. I don't want to deal with tomorrow because I know what I got to do tomorrow. <coughs> well, Jesus bore that for you. Thank you, Jesus. He bore that day for you. That's going to be a good day. Because when he was in that garden and he, and he was bowing, he was praying, the Bible said sweat was dropping off him like great drops of blood. The, the, the darkness was so heavy, even his disciples couldn't even stay up. The weight, of, the weight of the darkness and the weight of the consequence of sin got so heavy that night that sometimes that you can get so much weight on you that you just can't even stay up, you just go to sleep. There's so many trials, there's so much pressure that you just sleep. You just rather sleep than get up and sit under that weight. You just rather go to sleep. And the weight was so heavy in that garden that the disciples just went to sleep. And he woke them up several times. I really need y'all to pray with me right now. But the Bible said he had to bear the wine press alone. So the Bible said because he didn't have no support that the angels had to come. Yes, they did. They came. They came in the garden. The Bible said, and they began to strengthen him. Yes, they did. Glory they began to give him strength from heaven to get through this. Praise God. And because, because you are an heir of God and you were in Christ Jesus, the Bible said, the ministering spirits now. They have become your servants and angels come to stand beside you when the days it seemed like it's a heavy day. I'm telling you, the angels are there with you to strengthen you. The blood is speaking for you and the power of heaven is there for you. And Jesus has already bore your dark day. You ought to get up and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice in the day. Press God. Amen. Because weeping may endure for a night, but joy is shown up coming. God is about ready to turn this thing. I'm going to the other side of it. Spared not his own son. And sat there and watched the son that he loved go to that periling time. He had to stand back and watch it. The best he could do was send an angel. And the angel came to strengthen him. And Jesus had uttered these words, Father, if there's another way to get them healed. If it's another way to get them delivered, if it's another way to get them in the family of God, if it's another way to get suicidal thinking off of them, if it's another way to get depression off of them, if it's another way to get poverty off of them, it's another way to get lack off of them, if it's another way to get them into the family of God, let this come. Let this experience pass me. 
Son, there ain't no other way. And you know it. It is written that you're going to take the cross. We wrote it in Psalms that they're going to take your clothes and they're going to gamble for your clothes. It's written in Psalms that they're going to pierce your side already written. And what's been written cannot be changed. It is a part of the covenant and you got to take this cross. It's already written that they're going to beat you and put and beat you in your face and pluck your beard out. It's already written that they're going to put thorns of crown of thorns upon your head and press it down into your skull. It's already written that you will be crucified for the sins of the world. John the Baptist prophesied over your ministry and said, behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. You're going to take away every consequence so that I can have a people righteous and holy, pure, unrebukable, unblameable in my presence. You're going to do it so I can have a family of glory. Are you going to do it because I can get my man back? You're going to do it so that I can get my people back. And the Bible said he bore the wine press alone and he drove the cross to the mountain. He bore it. Finally, that God, he said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. He spared not his own son. The Bible said they nailed him to that cross. Brother Matt made that beautiful cross over there. It's beautiful. The Bible said they nailed him to the cross. Just like the Bible said he was going to do it. They drove the spikes in his hand the same way. God had to sit there and watch that. Drove the spikes in his hands and in his feet. The Bible said in Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah 52, yeah, that his visage was so marred. They had beat him so badly that you could not even recognize him as a man. God spared not his only begotten son. He spared him not for one reason. It tells you in Romans chapter 8 why he did that. He spared not his only, I didn't have no other, I didn't have where, where I still got Sally. I can make it through this, where I still got Johnny. I'm afraid he's gone, but I still got Johnny. No, this was the only one he had. He spared not his only begotten son. The Bible said he hung on the cross from the sixth to the ninth hour and finally, after he had paid the penalty, the part of the penalty on the cross. He ain't done yet. After he had paid the part of the penalty on the cross, he looked up to a dark heaven because God had laid on him the iniquity of us all. The sins of the world hit him. And the sky became dark because God could not look on his son because his son, he who became, he who, he became sin. He became Righteousness became sin. But in the middle of that exchange, your, your sin was wiped out and you became righteous. He who knew no sin, he who knew no sin became sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. You are never supposed to call yourself a sinner ever again. And I don't care who preaches it. You have been made the righteousness of God. 
That's what your covenant says. That's right. That's right. You are not a sinner. Sinners have to be made. The righteous have to be made. And you've been recreated and made holy and righteous in the sight of God. The Bible said on the cross they knew that they would, if the people wouldn't die, they would break their legs. Because the way you survived on the cross is that you would begin to slump down because of exhaustion. And you begin to suffocate because your arms are up and your lungs would get depressed and you would begin to suffocate. So that to live, the people would stand up. They would push their legs up and they would extend their life a little bit longer, fighting to live. So what the, the soldiers would do when they were tired of the person trying to live, they'd break their legs so they couldn't stand back up anymore. But the Bible promised Jesus, I'm not going to let them break your bones. Amen. They might break everybody else's, but they're not going to break yours. But it was written they would pierce his side. And so when they got to Jesus, the two thieves on the left and the right, they broke their legs. When they got to Jesus, God says, no. -uh. See, you ought to know that some things can happen to other people that ain't going to happen to you. Come on now. Because the Bible said a thousand will fall at one side and 10,000 at the other side. But it shall not happen to you. Everything that's happening to everybody else ain't supposed to happen to you. I got rights in this thing. Glory to God. But they pierced his side and come on now. Out came the blood. That's why he said, you remember. You remember me. Then my blood purged you. Do this in remembrance of me. You remember that that blood purged you. Your conscience from dead works so that you could serve God. That's what that table is about. It's not a jig of juice and a cracker and I just go out. It's remembering that Jesus Christ paid the penalty so that I can have life and have it more abundantly. And I'm going to have a good week this week. I'm going to prosper this week. I'm going to be enlarged this week. The power of the blessing is on me. Spared not his own soul, but delivered him up for us all. He took his body from the cross and laid it in a borrowed tomb. Why the Bible called it a borrowed tomb? Because he ain't staying there. It's a borrowed tomb because he coming out of it. Most people don't borrow tombs. You know that. Most people don't have a ball tomb. That's they tomb. Amen. Praise God. There's some places you can't stay in. There's some stuff you're going to come out of. That's just a ball situation you in. That's a temporary situation you in. The Bible said the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are eternal cannot be changed. Praise God. tomb they laid him in there and they dressed his body in burial garments and wound him and put the 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 herbs and spices on him and and got him buried really quick because the sabbath was coming 
in and they had to get him in there before dawn and they buried him and prepared him in there. And the Bible said they laid his body in a tomb and sealed it with a rock and the Roman soldiers put guards around it because somebody remembered he said after three days he's getting up. Something's wrong. You know, something's special about you. When you are in a bar or tomb and somebody decided to put guards around your, around your gravesite because you said you were getting up. Come on now. Somebody believes something different is about you because, bless God, you don't put soldiers, hey man, to watch the grave. Who's in there watching the grave, dead person in there? They knew something was different about this boy. Even in his death, he's different. Even in his burial, he's different. The Roman soldier looked at him and said, this must be the son of the living God. He's testifying. Even in his crucifixion, he's God, the son of God in the earth. He died like a God. Oh, he's somebody else. Oh, praise God. Oh, I can't wait to just get in you. Now you're going to change your job. You're going to change your neighbor. Bless God. I can't wait till this gets down on the inside of you. We're going to go somewhere. We're going to go somewhere, y'all. Y'all ain't seen nothing yet. Oh, glory. Yes. I guess I've been in revival all week. I've been pre I'm preaching in the prison last night. Telling them it's nothing too hard for God. Oh, praise God. Preaching all in Indiana. I'm in revival. Hallelujah. You ought to shout, I'm in revival. And it's light and easy. I'm refreshed. I'm in your name. God promised there's going to be a revival in Nashville. Some dead stuff going to get up. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can give me one of them T.D. Jakes licks anytime you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let me finish. We may, we may lose this thing. in the tomb. Blood at the cross. Body in the tomb. And spirit in the soul descended into hell itself. Somebody call me up. They got mad at me. Because they said, well, you preached Jesus went to hell. No, I didn't preach that. The Bible preaches that. <laughs> It said in the book of Psalms he went into hell. It said in the book of Acts he went into hell itself. That's what it said. You know why he had to go to hell? Because you don't want to go to hell. And he said if he didn't go, you got to go. I said who been teaching you the Bible anyway? Because you talk like you act like you, you act like you know something. I know you're ignorant. I know you're stupid. Yeah. And I want you to know that right now. Yeah. <laughs> Who been teaching you? I ain't going to tell you that. Right. Come to find out he don't go to church. He's been teaching his family in the house by himself. Oh, wow. Dodo. Wow. 
That's why you're going to be ignorant your whole life. Yeah. yeah. You're going to be ignorant. I'm telling you right now, you're going to be stupid your whole entire life playing church. I have to tell him the truth. No, he went to hell. He had to ba He had to take your place and my place down there. And after three days and three nights, God said, that's enough. He said, the sins of the world have been paid for. And the devil was holding an innocent man in hell. Mm -hmm. If your innocent can be proved even in a natural prison, they got to let you out yes. and pay you restitution for putting yeah. you in there. Yes, that's right. yes, they do. Mm -hmm. Yes, they do. And I said, told the devil, you got, you got somebody down there that don't belong there. Mm -hmm. Who is that? <laughs> See, you're going to find out in a minute. You're going to find out in one minute how we're going to send the Holy Ghost down there. You ain't got to get him out. We're going to get the Holy Ghost and send him down here. And the one the Holy Ghost fall on, that's the one you shouldn't have had. The Bible said the Spirit of God descended from the throne of God through the three regions of heaven into the atmosphere of the earth and pierced the heart of the earth and went into hell itself and took out that dead spirit and put the Spirit of God back on the inside of him and raised him up from the dead. And he took the keys of hell and death in the grave from Satan, loosed all the captives in Abraham's bosom, took stripped the devil of all dominion and authority. He took from Adam, bless God, and said, now all the gold is mine. All the silver is mine. The cattle of a thousand hills is mine. The earth again is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all that dwells within it belongs to me. And I am he that liveth and was dead. Behold, I am alive forevermore. I hold the keys to hell and death in the grave. I'm king of kings and lord of lords. I'm the ruler. I'm the bright and morning star. I'm the son of the living God. All power in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Oh, he's a bad boy. I know Natasha. Natasha and Antoine are so excited when they see the Meeks go touchdown. To make a bad boy. Yeah, yeah. I ain't never seen him play before. Yeah. He, he's the fastest 400 meter runner in the state of Tennessee. Glory. I don't know where he is this morning, but I know when they score touchdown, they so excited. I know what they are. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. You're excited when your child does yeah. something oh, and they achieve and you're watching it. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Glory to God. When God saw Jesus get up. Oh, that is my boy! This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Oh, he got up from the grave. He got up out of hell, went back to the tomb, picked his body back up. Come on now. He picked his body back up. That's my boy. 
He picked his body back up, took off them grave wrappings. The angels gave him brand new clothes and they wrote a Raiders song. Jesus stepped out, the Son of God. And the Bible said the same power that raised him from the dead. You're going to win this week because the same power, oh, that same dead raising power, that same resurrection power, that same get up power, it's on the inside of you. Power! Shall quicken your mortal bodies. Same power. Shall quicken your mortal bodies. Come on now. You ought to get up in the morning and play that song. Can't touch this. <laughs> Tell the devil, can't touch this. Point to your wife, can't touch this. No, 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 no. Point to your children, can't touch this. Hold your checkbook up, can't touch this. Because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in everything I do. That power is in my business. That power is in my mind. That power is in my body. That power is on my children. Same power. They give me a sign of here to lay hands on people. Lay hands on people. Yeah. Yeah, I remember to do that. God want me to lay hands on you this morning. Because there's a power going to go in you. God going to expand you. I hope y'all weren't trying to have lunch real quick today. <laughs> yeah, when I lay hands on your power, gonna come on you. The power we've been talking about. Can you believe that? It's gonna come on you.